Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. All right, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 9 for a message titled, Burning Bridges. Verse 61 said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go bid them farewell who were at my house. Again, yeah, it seems reasonable. Like this is something that, you know, wouldn't be out of the question. You know, go home and say goodbye to your family or whatever. But what he's really saying is, let me go check with my family first. Let me go see if I have their uh, approval. I'll, I'll follow you if everyone likes the idea and dis- supports the decision. But here's the thing, when you come to Christ or when you decide to go into ministry, rarely are you going to have everybody excited about that prospect. It's amazing to me, you see somebody who has been wasting their life on drugs and alcohol and they come to Jesus and and their family who's been watching them and watching them wreck their lives and hoping they'd go to rehab, the last thing they want to see is that they come home and say, I've decided to follow Jesus. All of a sudden it's like, you know, I'd rather you be a drunk than to be a religious fanatic or to love Jesus is crazy. My wife decided to follow Jesus at tremendous opposition of her family and of her religion. And she'd come home and tell her parents that she decided to, to you know, she'd found the truth and that she's going to follow Jesus. And that she thought, she kind of, you know, she was only six, 17, 16, 17 at the time. She kind of thought they'd be like, oh, that's good for you, honey. But they were just like, what? You know? And it was kind of a crazy thing. You know, I remember going over to her mom's house right after that and, you know, just going to pick up Shannon for a youth group. And mom came out on the porch and said, get off my porch. I'm going to shoot you in the face with a shotgun. That was how warm they were to the idea of my my wife becoming a Christian. So we had some opposition and and there was lockdowns and Shannon couldn't go anywhere. And it was was kind of a, a tense situation for quite a while But as I talked to her, I said, honey, we just have to love them. We can't play into their games. We have to love them and be patient with them. I get it. Man, I I don't know how I would feel if I believed something and my kids went a different way. That would be hard. So I have to be compassionate towards their situation, putting myself in their shoes, which is something that we as Christians should do, to learn empathy towards other people. And so my wife spent the next several years building that bridge, building a bridge that was was torched. They kept lighting fires and we we just build it and build it and repair it and repair it. And now we have a great relationship with our family. Not, not that they've accepted the Lord, none of them have yet, but we definitely have a voice with them. Whereas we saw another relative in my wife's family do the opposite. She became a Christian and her and her husband burned the bridges. And, you know, now they're not welcome at family events and things like that because of that. Or we still have a voice. And so there's certain bridges maybe we want to burn, but we should build those bridges. But then she had to burn the bridge to her Mormon past. 
She had to burn her bridge of Mormonism and say, you know, I'm not going to be doing that anymore. And that's a difficult thing to do. I was talking to a guy just a couple of weeks ago, and he was telling me, you know, he's a new new believer. We've had a lot of new believers lately. It's been awesome to see how many have been coming to faith lately. But but he comes to me, he's like, Mike, I I, I sent this text message to the Mormon church, and it was the, the guy that was kind of reaching out to him, basically saying, I've decided to follow the Savior, and it has nothing to do with the LDS church. I ask that you respect that. I don't want my name taken off and, uh, you know, everything. It was, that's not an easy thing to do for somebody who's been in the LDS church for a long period of time. But it's definitely a br- bridge that needs to be burned. We, we can face similar opposition from family and friends and even church when we're called to go into ministry. <laughs> What's harder is it's oftentimes that their compassion, their, their fear for us that makes them say, oh, we, we, you shouldn't go. I just think of the 19-year-old Bruce Olson. He'd, he'd gotten saved at a youth group at a friend's church. He'd been growing up in the Lutheran church, but never knew Jesus. Went to a non-denominational church with his friend. Got saved at the youth group. Started going to the church for a short period of time and heard somebody come and talk about missions in Argentina and the, the tribes that were there. And then he talked about these Modaloni people and how they were out in the middle of the, out in the middle of the bush and, and nobody's reached them because they're just deadly. And he felt the Holy Spirit speak to him and says, I want you to reach the Motoloni people. And so he told him, I want to go. I'm, I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to go down there. And, and, you know, they wanted him to go through this big mission training program. But he said, I don't have time to do that. I need to, I really feel like I'm supposed to go now. And they says, well, we can't really support that. He's like, okay. And he got on a plane. He flew to Argentina. And when he got there, the missionaries didn't want anything to do with him because he wasn't part of them. And so he hung out with all the non-believers and all the non-believing natives, you know, he went to this this tribe, and he, and they were they were like those 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 Christians are weird people. And he's like, why are they weird people? He says, because they sing songs out of key, and they they meet in square buildings. Everybody knows a perfect building is round, you know. Was, uh, and and they wear all those clothes. I mean, what's wrong with those people? And so he realized, wow, these things are barriers to the gospel. And so when he went out into the Modaloni territory. He started to try to reach them and felt like he was making headway, but then they shot him in the leg and they drug him off to one of their villages. And he was sitting there and he was playing a whistle. He didn't know that they had a they had a prophecy that that a white man would come and he'd play a whistle and and then kill them all. And so they sent a guy for the butcher from another tribe. He was going to come and kill him, and an angel warned him. And he got up and he, he got, he walked out of the jungle with an arrow wound in his leg. He walked out of the jungle and instead of walking into Argentina, he walked into Colombia where he was an illegal. And so they arrested him. They took him to the hospital infirmary. They patched him up, gave him antibiotics, got him healed up, and then they deported him back to Argentina. If he would have wandered into Argentina, he would have died because his infection was so bad. But because he got put in jail, he got state, you know, coverage and they, so then he, he goes like, I mean, this guy, he's like Paul the apostle, punk rock just goes right back into the jungle and starts reaching the, the Modalonis again. And, and as he's ministering to them and just, he's learning their language and everything, he finally gets to the place where, you know, he, he's able to lead this tribe to Christ. You know, and yet nobody, nobody in his family and nobody in the church organization, nobody was supporting him. He was down there all by himself with no support, just doing what he was doing because God had called him to do it. 
You know, that's, it's, sometimes it's crazy. You know, I, I think of James Calvert, the missionary who went to the cannibals in Fiji. And as the ship's captain was dropping him off on the shore, he said, and I quote, you will lose your life and the lives of those with you if you go amongst the savages. And Calvert responded, we died before we came here. And he would minister amongst the cannibals for 18 years, leading most of them to the Lord, and then die in England. He didn't give his life for that, but he was willing to. He died before he went there. And then, of course, you remember, or maybe you don't, I don't know if you heard the story of Stephen and Emily Foreman, who went to North Africa. And, and there, a lot of people in their church family, a lot of Christians were saying, don't go there. It's so dangerous. You don't realize it's, you know, it's a closed country. You can't convert people to Christianity there. They'll kill you. And having heard Jim Calvert's story, they told them, we've already died. And of course, they'd go there and Steve Foreman would give his life on the mission field. And that's just the way that it is sometimes. Sometimes we lay down our lives and, and we always lay down our lives. We always give our lives to Jesus and he does with them what he wants to do. And so when Jesus is calling these people, he's saying, you can't allow family or friends or anybody else to keep you from coming to Christ, first of all, or doing what God has called you to do. You have to go forward and do it. And this is what Jesus would say, verse 62, no one having put in his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. If you want to plow, as I've read, I've never plowed myself other than just a short you know, hoe line in my garden. But if you want to plow yourself, you have to hook your horse up and you have to fix your eyes on a single point and you have to you have to go to that point. You can't look back to see if your rows are straight or your horse will veer off and you will be plowing S-curves, which is not so good for irrigation. And so you have to plow, you have to keep your eyes fixed on a certain point if you want to plow straight. Otherwise, you're not fit to plow. You can't keep your eyes fixed on the front. And in Christianity, it's keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus and moving forward and not allowing anything to deter us. And, and that's what the Christian walk is. To keep our focus on Jesus. Remember Lot's wife. As she longingly looked back towards Sodom and Gomorrah and you know she was struck and turned into a pillar of salt. We don't want to be that type of salt, right? One thing that's interesting is that it never tells us what the three of these guys did in response to Jesus' challenge. He challenged all three of them. It doesn't tell us whether they said, okay, I'll follow you. It doesn't say if they did follow him or they didn't. And I think rightly so, it doesn't tell us because we have to all make that decision ourselves, don't we? We have to say, I'm going to make this decision or that decision. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.